We open God's Word today in the book of Deuteronomy. And uh, we begin in the sixth chapter, beginning in the fourth verse, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Then it shall come to come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build, and houses full of all good things which you did not fill, and hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you eat and are satisfied. Would you pray with me, please? Good and gracious Father, we thank you so much. We thank you, Father, for the earthly fathers that you have given us. And of course, I'm reminded as we take this opportunity, we remember, Lord, that there are many that struggle with the passing of their dad. So I pray for them that you would give them a mighty comfort this day, that by the power of your spirit, you will turn their remembrances into those sweet moments, the love and life that they shared. We pray, Father, for our earthly fathers because it is so difficult, it's challenging, and so very important. So bless each father here today. Give them a double portion of strength and wisdom and patience and love. Above all, Lord, we thank you that you are our heavenly father, that you are the one that loves perfectly. We honor you today above all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dads, we need you. The problem is that we don't communicate it very well. Sandy and I were watching TV the other night, and it was a show, I don't think I've watched it too many times, but it was kind of the story of a, of a grandfather and his two sons, and they're all fathers. And I tell you what, these guys were the punchline to every story, to every joke. They don't get the respect. We don't get the respect as fathers in our culture. We're the punchline. We're just the bumblers who can't find anything. Okay, that part's true for me. Can't build anything, can't do anything, and it's just not right. Sandy said as we were watching the show, and I kind of commented on that, she said, I think it's just the devil just kind of tearing down the, the, the centerpiece of, of his plan is the family core. Dads, I want you to know today, and yeah, it's Father's Day, but we just need to say it more often. We are so very thankful from the bottom of our hearts to your heart. We just want you to know today and always that you are very, very important. I sat struggling uh, with this message today, um, and uh, so, as I often do, I just took out a blank piece of paper, and across the middle of it, I just drew a line, and, and on the top of it, I wrote, what did I need and want from my dad? And on the bottom half of the page, I wrote, what did my dad need from me? And so, uh, that's kind of the outline of the message today, 
And interestingly, as I wrote and I began to just kind of mind map it a little bit, I realized that a lot of the things that I kind of thought I needed or I needed to give my dad were, were very scriptural. And so I want to share those with you today. There are a lot of good words. There's a lot of good counsel in the scriptures about how to be a good father. But it seems to me that more often than not, the examples that we see aren't very good. For instance, if you think back to Adam and how he was kind of an absentee father with Cain and Abel. And we just remember that didn't end well at all. And Isaac played favorite between his two sons, Esau and Jacob. David was known as a great king, but he was an epic failure as a father, causing generations of problems. Eli was a great priest, but he was a terrible father, more concerned with his career than responding to the the needs and actually disciplining his own sons. Solomon, as wise as he was, there's never one mention in the scriptures of him spending any time with his sons. And so when his son became king, another epic failure that caused a divided kingdom, that caused negative effects for generations to millions of people. So what did I need and want from my dad? So you think about that in your own mind. What's the, maybe the word or the thought that kind of comes to your mind? The first thing I thought of, the first thing that came to my mind was I needed to know that I was loved and valued and important to my dad. And certainly that absolutely matches with the scriptures. 1 Thessalonians 2.11 says, Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Ephesians 6.4, Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And here's just three words. Dads, would you listen? Would you just let these soak into your hearts and your minds? Exhorting, encouraging, and imploring. And when we do those things, the implication in that passage is that as we share those words of affirmation with our kids, that's going to help them to walk in a manner that's worthy of our God. Dads, our words are important. Your words carry power and strength. On Wednesdays, we often talk about the the message, and the staff often gives me just great thoughts and input. And this week, as we were talking about those words of affirmation that dads can pass on to their kids, Pastor Rich, you know, he, he, he got kind of a distant look at one point, and he said, I can remember one time when I really needed to hear it, and my dad said it, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, son. And even after all of these years later, tears started to roll down his face. Because daddies, your words have power. Your words of love and affection. Your words of encouragement. In the same way, I needed to hear my dad say those words, but I just needed to spend time with him. I was thinking this uh, just this morning, in fact, that uh, for 4,400 years, the, the history of man is recorded in the scriptures. And for 4,400 years, it's identified how so many fathers chose to kind of emphasize their work or their career over their children. Doesn't matter, I'm talking from farmer all the way to king. And the results 
can just be devastating. Our kids need time with us. They need that shoulder-to-shoulder time. They need to be focused on a task. I think that's especially important with boys. And I remember, I remember times when my dad wanted to spend time with me, and I would just roll my eyes at him, you know. And maybe your kids are doing that anyway, but just snatch them up and spend time with them anyway because they desperately need you. The second thing I wrote down that I need for my dad was to know that I was safe. Was that on your mental list? 1 Timothy 5.8, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Oh, my. Now, thankfully, for the most part, at least the people that I know, I don't think providing food and shelter is ever a problem for dads. Most dads, I think, would just about kill themselves and work to provide for their families. But kids also need to know that they're emotionally safe. And I think that, that includes not arguing in front of our kids. Now, that, that just didn't happen. I remember when I was a little boy and there was some tension between mom and dad, they would go to that bedroom and close that door, and I didn't know what was going on, and I didn't need to. Because the truth is, I don't think I was kind of emotionally uh, ready for those kind of things. All I needed to know was that I was safe. Today, in our culture, you know, we just want to treat our kids like equals, but they're not emotionally equipped. And again, they just need to know that they're safe. And safety includes boundaries and discipline. Proverbs 19, 18. Discipline your son while there is hope and do not desire his death. Do you hear that? Discipline your child while there is hope and do not desire his death. Proverbs 23, 13. Here's another one that's not popular in our culture today. Do not hold back discipline from the child, although you strike him with the rod... He will not die. And some might look at that and say, well, that's just barbaric. You know what I think as a father of 32 years, I think not disciplining our children is barbaric. I remember when I was a little boy. By the way, there wasn't one person under the age of 18 that said amen right there. I'll just tell you that. (laughs) That's just barbaric. When I was a little boy, I was in trouble all the time, just all the time. And uh, and, uh, so... There was a lot of discipline going on, and I remember one time that I was disciplined for something, and it was, oh, I got disciplined. They took, they took my television rights away for a week, oh, as if I was cut deep on that, and uh, I complained. I said, you guys, are just, you guys are just too hard on me, and my dad said to me, he said, son, I'll never forget. He said, son, uh, if we didn't love you, we wouldn't discipline you because it takes a whole lot more work than just letting you run wild. And my little mouth just ran right off and just said, you know what, I just wish you didn't love me quite so much. (laughs) The truth is, I didn't want discipline, but I desperately needed discipline. Because discipline and boundaries are important, and they they kept me safe, and they helped me to learn. But as I began to write on last Tuesday about this message, the most important thing that came to my mind that I needed from my dad was a constant Christian example and guide. Listen to again to our scripture passage today. Just, just one verse, Deuteronomy 6-7, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons and, and daughters and, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And, and men and daddies, I just want you to see that that's not just a one hour a week kind of faith. 
That's an as-you-go faith. That's a, as you are just kind of going through life and, and, and walking with your kids, you're just looking for opportunities to bring Jesus into the conversation. As you go, faith, when you're cutting down that tree together, there's so many men that just love to cut down trees. Did you know, I looked it up, there's no reason you should, but there's 269 references to trees in the Scripture. From the, the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. From the tree of the knowledge of good and evil all the way to the trees that are going to heal the nation in Revelation. And what a wonderful time as you're cutting down that tree and you're sitting on that log just to be able to bring Jesus into the conversation. Bring your faith because as you go, faith is the most powerful. Or when those, little, those sweet little voices just... You know, and it's not just the sweet little voices. I've got a 32-year-old son, and, and, and it speaks to me that I need to be speaking words of faith to him and looking for those opportunities. Dad, why did you give that extra change back? Why didn't you just put it in your pocket? Well, daughter, let me tell you why. Or, Dad, why are we cutting this tree down in the neighbor's yard when we got three in our own yard? Son, let me tell you about grace. Dad, why didn't you scream back at that man when he screamed at you? Let me tell you about the words of Jesus. Dad, why did you leave the food on the porch of that woman without even ringing the doorbell? She won't even know who it came from. Let me tell you about what Jesus has given to me. As you go, faith is the most profound I was thinking this week I needed to hear my dad sing hymns in church. He told me one time, you know, I, I remember he just seemed like a giant of a man to me when I was a boy. And I remember looking up at him at church when I was a little boy, and there he was singing. That's a memory that I cherish and hold on to. Afterwards, I think I said something to him. He said, son, I can't, eat, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But he was faithful. And I needed to hear him pray. And dads, your children need to hear you pray. And they need to hear you pray for them. I needed to hear him talk about the scriptures and how they were addressing real needs in his life, real problems. Because again, as you go, faith is the most beautiful and profound. And honestly, most listen, listen, most of you fathers would absolutely die for your children. Amen? You would lay down your life for your children. But here's the thing. They don't need you to do that. But they desperately need you to share your faith to them. They need you to be deliberate about raising Christian children. Mary Fairchild wrote this poem. I came across it this week, and I, I just think it's beautiful. Listen to this. With these three words, Dear Heavenly Father, I begin my every prayer. But the man I see while on bended knee is always my earthly dad. He is the image of the Father divine reflecting the nature of God. For his love and care and strong faith laid bare pointed me to my Father above. Daddies, listen, listen. You are as Father God to your children until they are old enough to begin their own relationship with him. I wrote those words this week, and because I think they're 
so heavy, I went back to make sure that I was, I was right on that. I want to see it, or say it again. You are as Father God to your children until they are old enough to begin their own relationship with Him. And what an incredible gift. What an incredible responsibility. And from my heart to yours, thank you. Thank you, thank you for all that you do. Can we just give a little affirmation to all the fathers today? On the bottom half of that piece of paper I, I, this week, I wrote, what did my dad need from me? I'm not sure I ever sat down and thought about that. Dad's down deep, what would you like to hear from your families? What was the first thing that came to mind? The first word that came to my mind is a simple word but profound, and that's the word respect. You know, just as surely as kids need words of affirmation, dads do too. Now, they're not going to tell you that, but it doesn't mean it's true. Words like, thank you, Dad. I'm proud of you, Dad. I appreciate you, Dad. And I love you, Dad. This isn't only our desire. This is the will of God. Exodus 20 and 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Jesus emphasizes this in the New Testament, quoting the Old Testament. For God said, honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. Oh my. Paul says in Ephesians 6.1, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise. We don't give respect as a culture to fathers these days, but surely wives and children can today. Amen? Oh, my soul. Amen? Amen. What did dad need from me? The second thing that came to mind, I think that I would appreciate as a father, I think many would, was for the family to know that my love is going to look different than mom's love. I think mom's love is often more expressive. It's more communicated in words, in a gentle touch. Dad's words are often just communicated. His love for his family is just by his provision. You know, my dad served in World War II. He served in the poli as a policeman. And then he went and served as an insurance adjuster. And he served as an insurance adjuster a long time, and I don't think he ever liked the job. He never came right out and said it, but I kind of got hints for a lot of years that it wasn't his dream. But he went every day for a lot of years so he could provide for my mom and I. And that's the way that men often communicate their love. It's going to be different than mom's. But it's just going to be just as profound. And kids, while you still have your dad, you need to take the opportunity to tell him that you love him and you're thankful. Because you know what? I would give an awful lot right now to sit down with my dad and to thank him for his provisional love and just to be able to speak the words to him, Dad, I love you. What did dad need from me? I've already touched on it a little bit, but time. I'm at the point in my life that I don't need another tie. 
I'd burn all of them if I had the choice. I don't need another sweater vest. Electric smoker would be okay. But the one thing that I would treasure is just time with my boys. There was a phase in my life, men, maybe you remember this too, there was a phase in my son's lives when the only time that they seemed to be interested in talking to me is when they needed something, and it was usually in increments of $20. And it was 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks. That was the only time that they wanted to talk. Then they went to college, and it was 200 bucks, 200 bucks, 200 bucks. And I think we gave them pretty much everything that they asked for, but the only thing that I really want in return is just time. Spend time with your dad. Spend time because all I truly want to know is I just love to be able to take a walk with my sons and hear what's challenging to them. Here's not not to give them advice. I'm I'm kind of past the point of giving too much advice, but just to know what's exciting and what's challenging and what their dreams are. And I think that's a pretty deep desire for all dads. Here's an interesting thing. This is Father's Day. An interesting thing about life is this. This life prepares us for the next life. And so many of the relationships that we have between each other that we can see are truly designed to help us understand the relationship with the one that we can't see. For instance, we tried to answer two questions today. The first question, what did I want from my dad? Answer, I need to know that I am loved and valued and important to my father. And your heavenly father responds, I love you so much that I gave my only begotten son for you so that we could be together forever. I needed to know I was safe. Your heavenly father responds to you today, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to make all of the things in your life work together for the good. I needed to know that I had a constant Christian guide, your heavenly Father responds, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, your constant companion. I will teach you and guide you. Second question, what did dad need from me? What were our answers? Respect. Your heavenly Father responds, have no other gods before me. Do what I ask you because this will bring you incredible blessings. What do I Oh, my heavenly Father, I need to understand his love, that his love is perfect and entirely like, unlike anything else in the world, never based on your performance, perfect and unwavering. And my Father needed time. And your heavenly Father responds, walk with me in the garden in the cool of the afternoon and share life with me. This is the purpose of your creation. And it will bring us joy. Dads, the world may not give you the respect you deserve, but we do today. And we thank you for everything that you do, everything that you've done. And may we be thankful not only today, but every day for our earthly father and always and foremost for our heavenly father.